Hey everybody, welcome into the Hockey Show Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm John, and we are here to dive into the real issues going on in the hockey world and weird things that I discovered this week. I will give you one guess as to what I'm starting off with. Did you know you can just take a potato and make I mean, it into fries? Yeah, that's that's why I love going to McDonald's. No, forget McDonald's, man. You could just take a potato and cut it and th- season it and throw it in an air oh, fryer. I've, it takes I've like done that with minutes. sweet potatoes forever. Cousin Kyle taught me that back with sweet potatoes. No, I, I just yeah, figured yeah. out how to do it. And it's like, and it seems like a super common sense thing that I should know that that could be done, but I never saw like how easy it was and now like it, i can it's never funny. go back to sorbot now that i know I yeah can just it's funny you say that because that's how i felt when uh kyle was like i was like man i just back when i was doing the whole beginning of the health fitness journey and he i was like man i really like fries but i can't do it he was like just go buy a sweet potato cut it up and do sweet potato fries i was like what it blew my mind and then it was like that dawning of me of like yeah, that's how they do it at McDonald's and Burger King. They just cut a potato and throw it in a deep fryer. The difference here is I'm putting mine in the oven. But yeah, I've done that uh, with the air fryer as well because the air fryer is the ultimate game changer. I I didn't I, when I got the air fryer like oh, yeah. three years ago, whatever, whatever the first Christmas was with the now wife. Uh, her 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 mom and dad got me the air fryer, and that's all I use now. I can't remember the last time I've used the oven. I think the last yeah. time I used the oven was when we did like a store bought pizza. Yeah. And that doesn't happen often because I am an Italian from New York. Uh, and that's what, that's what I was going to ask about is I know that you recently prepared something for the in-laws. You're calling oh, yes, it as well. And like people, people may not know this about Nick, but he has, quite the cooking background to it. I specifically remember having a girl over and I uh, just kind of blurted out, yeah, I'll cook something for you. Never having cooked anything in my life. And I just text Nick and he just throws a recipe right at me. Probably yeah, I think I gave you uh, I think I gave you a very basic pasta dish where I was like, I was like, it doesn't matter what pasta yeah. you use. Just do this, do that, do that and that. Make sure you base it with this and you're good. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. And, and I even had to pivot for it. I was just like, oh, crap. She doesn't eat red meat. What do I do? And yeah, you're like, yeah, oh, just, just do this just, and stuff. Just, just throw this in there. You're fine. You're fine. You're good. You got it. Yeah, uh, that's that's the one. The one thing I prided myself on is when we were in college, I knew how to cook. I just enjoyed my beer and ordering bad pizza at like three in the morning from Chinello's. Um, because if anybody's lived in a Chinello's area, (laughs) (laughs) there's something about drunk night Chinello's that's just so damn good. Um, but all right. I never had bad Chinello's in my life. You are so lucky. You are so lucky you've never had it. It is the worst. Um, but all right, let's not talk about, uh, oh, I've had Chinello. Oh, oh, well, you know what I, well, no, Chinello's is, you know, they're not going to sponsor this show. So I'm going to (laughs) say they're bad, man. They are not good pizza. Again, I pride myself as having no good pizza coming from Long Island. Like I know good pizza. That pizza is not good. It's only good when you're hammered at three in the morning. I saw a, uh, a tweet that was, uh, attempting to describe Chicago style pizza and it starts and, and all it says is, 
So think of like an above ground pool. <laughs> that's that's perfect. It's funny because when I was in Chicago, I yeah. had no desire to go get Chicago deep dish pizza, even though I saw the first Uno's. We were we were down the block from where the first Uno's was, so nice. we, we passed it a few times. Yeah, I yeah. You know, I had Uno's fun. in Virginia Beach. I'm yeah. good. I'm okay. It's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's it is what it is. It's not it's not. To me, I prefer a Sicilian slice of pizza as opposed to Chicago deep dish. If I want to have more of a bread as opposed to a thin, greasy slice of pizza like New Yorkers do it. Uh, But we're not going to get any New York style or Chicago style pizza in the Stanley Cup final. Because, yeah, we got hockey to talk about and a lot has happened in a week. We'll talk Florida second because they were the first ones to clinch, but let's talk last night. It looked like Dallas was going for the reverse sweep, and instead Vegas decided to come out and just annihilate them on home ice, up 4-0 in the second, ended up winning 6-0. And uh, the Dallas Stars probably regret Jamie Benn returning to their lineup. Yeah, I did. I watched not the entire game, but I did watch some of it and just an unbelievably low effort uh, from the stars there in that game. I I was, it was very surprising to see Jamie Ben get suspended, lose the game, win the two games without him completely fall. Yeah. What was it? I think uh, Wyshynski, I think was the one that I saw tweeting it or, or reshared it from somebody else, but Pretty much, bet, like, they were out there for the first goal against against Vegas's fourth line. They were outplayed by the fourth line, the top line. Like, that sets the tone right there for what you'd hope would be a game six home ice, at least get it back to Vegas, have the momentum, be really pushing for history. But, yeah, when, when you give up a goal to the fourth line, as you said, it was low energy to start the game, and it just continued, and there was really no fight in the Dallas Stars, which – sucks if you're a stars fan and especially if you were at that game yeah aiden hill had the shutout for vegas he made 23 saves the entire night which i don't know when your entire season's on the line that's totally unacceptable to put forth agreed agreed and listen you're talking to someone that ripped the rangers for putting forth very little effort uh I got to rip the stars for that as well, because it's not what you want and no pun intended, but you want your stars to show up and the stars just did not show up for Dallas last night in a big game. Uh, Ottinger, I'm, I'm waiting to find out that he's been playing with an injury or something because man, did he go from, well, our only surefire goalie this postseason now is, is Jake Ottinger left. That's going to help the stars to, Good God, get the hook, man. Yeah, and the the biggest thing that stood out to me about Jake Ottinger is I think he played like 40 of their last 41 games down the stretch or something ridiculous like that. And and realistically, that's just not sustainable. So he played 62 regular season games and he played 19 playoff games this year. And given what we've seen from the you know, from what's happened with goaltending in recent years, that's just not the way it's done anymore. Yeah, and, realistically. Oh, sorry, keep going. It, he, he got he got run into the ground towards the end of it, and I get 
what Dallas was trying to do towards the end of the year that you want to catch uh, Colorado, you want to win the division, give yourself the best shot at home ice and all this sort of stuff. But I I think if they want to go and do something like that this offseason, they really need to target a capable backup that can take some of the load off of this guy. Because I think with any modern goaltender now, the – end of uh the games played for you at the end of the season should start yeah that's about average but yeah i I was gonna jump in and 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 i didn't have the actual number but you're right it was something like 43 consecutive games started for him before he got pulled uh i forgot what game it was but but the the first game he got pulled in this series and then he was right back out there the next game so it's it's way too much to put that much on your goal you are 100 correct so Yeah, uh, it it makes sense that he finally fell apart, that a team was able to dominate him. And and Vegas has been a really good team that has good depth. And it showcased this series that if it's not Eichel, it's Marshashan. If if it's not Eichel or Marshashan, it's Riley Smith. Like, it does not matter... Where you go in that lineup, there is somebody there that can just put the puck in the back of the net for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and even your fourth line uh, or more traditional depth guys like no. Ivan Barbashev, I did I not tell you that was going to be a key oh, move yeah. at the trade deadline, that that was going to be something really helpful for him. He has 15 points in 17 games. He's probably playing the best hockey of his life. But the, the guy that I feel really bad for is William Carlson because he has 10 goals and he's leading the team in goals in the playoffs. But all we can talk about is Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, pretty much yeah. anyone else. Yeah, it's – it's well, I mean, but that's just how good they are and how good the depth is on this team again. Like, it, it, like, you, were, like you were pointing out with the fourth line and – Barbashev being the big pickup playing fourth line, that's a third liner or a second liner on any other team. Like that's, that's a good player and he's playing fourth line. Uh, And yeah, I was with you. He was somebody that uh, I'll be honest, like I wanted the Rangers to get him, but I felt, but whatever team got him in Vegas is the one that did. And you're seeing the rewards to that pickup because he's a player that I really like. He's that grinder. He's that depth guy that really can can wear you down uh, in, the, in, in the offensive zone, can wear down the defense, can put the puck in the back of the net, is very creative. He's a center as well, and you can never have enough center depth, especially in the postseason. So, uh, you know, he can go out there and play penalty kill minutes. He can play power play minutes as well if you need him to. Like, he can do it all if, if you really want. Like, I've been a big fan of Ivan Barbashev for a while. So, uh, I, and I'm happy he's getting yeah. spot. And, and he's... And he's played yeah. up and down the lineup for him too. It, it, there's been there's been points where he's on the same line with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau, which is a really good balance sort of approach to have for a player like that. And it and it's been crazy to see that uh, the the most successful trade de- deadline pickup in the playoffs hasn't been you know, some of these bigger names that were moved like Timo Meyer or Patrick Kane or anything like that. It's the, like we've been saying all year, it's the depth guys that'll go out there and yeah, win you championships. It's, it's those, it's, it's those guys that fill out the, the, the roster for you. I, and it's working good right now for Vegas. 
as they clinch their second Western Conference title and are now moving on to their second Stanley Cup appearance as a franchise, which uh, I got to give props. Yeah. Long suffering. I know those fans that have really, but, but you know what, but I was going to, but it's funny you say that because I'm, I want to give props here to Bill Foley. Uh, I think that that's the type of owner that if you are a franchise, you want an owner like that, a guy that, you know, he made the statement when, when Vegas was awarded the first professional sports franchise in any of the four major sports, they got it. He got hockey there. And you see what he has done to just Vegas. Uh, they have a football team now. The NBA wants to put a basketball team there badly. Major League Baseball is ready to move the Oakland A's there. They have a, a whole thing picked out of where they're going to build their ballpark. And they're going. Like, Oakland has signed the checks. They want to go to Vegas. Like, he opened up the door for Vegas sports to become a mecca now. But he said in that press conference when they came... We'll be a playoff team in three years. We'll win a cup in six. Well, they're a playoff team right away. They've been a playoff team five out of six years. And yeah, we laughed. We, we thought, laughed. oh, no, no, no. But he took an aggressive approach. The front office took an aggressive approach. And I, I props to Bill Foley because if you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan, you got a better owner than like 90% of the league. And, and it is – there's been – a lot of criticism for him for making these really big drastic moves, giving Max Pacioretty away for for literally nothing. Uh, moving on from Mark Andre Fleury, uh, everything that's happened with Robin Leonard, moving Nick Schmidt out of town. There's a long, long list of players that felt like they were done wrong by the Golden Knights, but when they're sitting there in a Stanley Cup final. Clearly, they're doing something right, and that, and if it's something to where you know that way of treating players catches up with you eventually, maybe to where uh, players you know don't want to sign there as UFAs as much or anything like that. That's been speculated upon a lot as everything has kind of unfolded with that team. Uh, you no, can't argue no. with and, and big swings out there as well. I mean, we we all laughed when they they did the expansion draft and then we're trading and pulling off trades for players in their prime but giving up draft lottery and it was like but what what are you going to have down the road and it's fine because then they eventually went out and got Jack Eichel and they're like we got our center situation handled for the next 10 years like we're good we're fine like and, and free agency yeah. um you know uh Petriangelo coming to town like they just they take the swings and they work. And even some of those names that you mentioned, while Mark Andre Fleury is still, he's still, you know, Vesna capable. But it seems like they pulled the plug on Pacioretty at the right time. It seems like it seems like they managed to move on from players right at the right time and find the upgrade, which is just impressive. Again, uh, five out of their first six years in the playoffs, five out of them. Uh, two cup final appearances now. Now, here's some other crazy numbers I want to throw at you. Vegas has 50 playoff wins over those first five out of their six seasons now. That is more than five teams in their entire history. So Vegas has more playoff wins than five. Yeah, I, I love yeah. you getting <laughs> yeah. one of those. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, the only team that they're behind over that time frame, take a guess. 
only team that they're behind in that time frame. Exactly. It would have to be Tampa. Right? So you take Tampa out of this equation, and the Golden Knights have been your best playoff team. They have a playoff win percentage of 602. That is. And they haven't won a. And, and, and one of those years yeah, they weren't even in the that's playoffs. Impressive. That is so good. Um,. Yeah, I, I don't even have deep dive numbers like that for Florida because the Panthers just don't have that to their stat line. Like it, it, yeah. It's like seeing those numbers, I was like, oh, the, the, let's be real. It's been David and Goliath the entire time for, for the Florida Panthers, but this is looking a little more like that David versus Goliath once again. Like we can't, like, I don't yeah. know. I just don't see how the Panthers match up to that, but that's just some impressive numbers. Those are just some of the numbers I came across when when getting ready for the show that I was like, that what? That is that just pisses me off. Like and just, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I knew that I knew they won a lot. I didn't yeah, know it was like that I mean, much. but but again, they've made the playoffs five out of those first six seasons and they've had runs. Like it's not like they're, you know, four and done. They they make each series a competitive series and have gone yeah i mean hell two cup finals now so they've gone deep twice out of those five years and, yeah. and a conference final yeah so three out of the five playoff appearances have at least been to the conference final like that is uh, again kudos to vegas and if you're a golden knights fan I don't even know how you feel because like these are these are things that as a rangers fan i'm like i just i I've only seen them in two cup finals in my lifetime. You've gotten two in six years. And, and <laughs> yeah. And the most recent one, you were extremely pessimistic going into I it as was. well, as I remember. You were just kind of like, yeah, they yeah, don't stand a chance. Yeah. So. yeah. Cause again, uh, if we didn't, maybe we'll do like an off season episode of like, like one of those, uh, yeah. one of those um, McAdoo style ones of, best teams or your like which team we think was our best version of a team that never won a cup because um uh-huh. yeah that 2011 rangers team the or 2012 the first year that they would have faced the kings mm, mm, that year that year they would have beaten the kings but back to this <laughs> cup final so vegas has punched their ticket with that uh let's talk about florida that just Man, they took care of the Hurricanes and and didn't seem to care that uh, hurricane season was coming to Florida. Typical yeah, Floridians, right? A hurricane came to right. town and they were like, who gives a crap? <laughs> <laughs> and Vrod and, and Brindamore took a lot of heat after the series for saying we didn't get swept when they absolutely did. But I kind of see what he was trying to say just maybe – did not say it in the most easily understood way. Uh, the the one game that ended in regulation, they lost one to nothing. So even though this is, you know, on paper, it's a sweep. I mean, it was, but it, that really just doesn't tell the whole story yeah. of the series. Carolina was right in it for the entire thing, except... <laughs> Uh, you know, when it came down to, to it, and you know what, excuse me, they had two overtime games, uh, one of which, the the, you know, yeah. six longest in history, uh, you know, they lost uh, game one, nothing, and then they lost okay. the last game three to four. So it, it, it just, 
they were right there with it throughout the entire series. Florida was just a little bit better for every game. Uh, To really hammer home your point of they were in it for the every game. It was tied or separated the Eastern Conference final by one goal for 99% of total playing time. 318 minutes and 58 seconds of 321 minutes and 38 seconds of play. It was tied or separated by one goal. And now is that including like starts of the game yes. where it was nothing, nothing. Okay. So that was our big difference. That, maker that was oh like, that gosh. is, I, I get it. Like they were in it, but I do have to knock Brenda Moore because you were swept. It doesn't matter that 99% of play you were tied or be trailing by one truth is you lost four games in a row. Like that's, that's what we call a sweep. It's you're trying for the moral victory, but at the end of the day, you were swept. Like it happens. Yeah. And it's, and sometimes when your team gets eliminated, that's all you have is the moral victory. Like when Sheldon Keefe said last year that uh, they got a lot more respect in the handshake line than in previous years, but you, you grasp at straws, you work with what you got. Uh, But man, just it's, I I thought it would be more of a series. I really did. It's Carolina didn't face, you know, the best competition going into it, but they're, I assumed they would have had something, but it it definitely, were we, were we wrong about Paul Maurice? Mm, appears we were because <laughs> I'm because I I've seen a lot more in-depth videos now of places where they're they're breaking down where instead of making this risky yes. pass they're dumping the puck in and having a plan to go and retrieve it rather than just haphazardly dumping it in and hoping for the best sort of stuff uh, and usually dump and chase hockey, A, not very exciting, so that worries me, but B, uh, you know, not the most successful way to play. But Paul Maurice essentially said he was going to come in there and teach them how to play and win in the playoffs, even if it put them in danger of missing the playoffs. Uh, but hey, timing's everything. Yeah, at a certain uh, point, I, right? I, I, you shared those videos with me, and it was really cool to see. And that's that's... We we have. We have not given him as much credit as he deserves in this run. Uh, because, yeah, you have Kachuk playing out of his mind and doing everything that you'd want in the acquisition you made. But, like, you want to talk about swings being made. We You know, talking how Vegas has made swings their entire six years of existence to try and win a cup. The Panthers took the swing. They went out. They made the big trade for the guy that they thought would help them at this time. They brought in the coach that was, as you said, what came in and said, even if it puts us in risk of missing the playoffs, I'm going to teach us how to play in the playoffs because he lives by the mindset of what we say. Get to the playoffs. It's the second season. You never know what's going to happen there. He had his team ready to go for that. Uh, I liked them down the stretch. I really thought that like I picked them to make the playoffs. I thought they were going to jump the Islanders for the eighth spot. The Islanders managed to get in. Like, you know, we, we know this story. The Penguins basically blew them, yeah. blew their own shot at making the playoffs, which put the Islanders and the Panthers in. But I thought the Panthers would make it the whole time. I had the Panthers making it. Like I really trusted them getting there down the stretch and yeah, they've looked really good. And that's coaching adjustment that 
when when we talk about the coaching carousel going on and guys that people thought would be safe that aren't safe and playoff team coaches being fired like this is this also is why people i've seen some people out there mad about the the insidious nature of the coaching carousel as well of it's just a boys club of if you're in you're in but first off that's any position if 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 you if you work in an industry and you've gotten the job before chances are you're always going to get another shot at it um you have to prove that you're not you really have to screw up to not get that job again uh and you technically like have to wait walk away from it so i i hate that idea like i get it because yes we would love some fresh faces behind the bench but i also understand why the coaching carousel always circles back to the same names all the time and this is exactly why he got another shot in the nhl and another shot with a team that went hey we think we're playoff capable of winning a cup you're the guy to do it and now they're four wins away and and speaking of uh, people that everyone thought was washed up, uh, we've sung his praises so many times, but enough at this point cannot be said about Sergei Bobrovsky. Oh my gosh, I just, I don't have the number in front of me, but one of the last times I saw it, he had like what? He had like a 960 goals against average or save percentage or something crazy like he was yeah i, I i've seen he's got a 935 right now which is god that is absurd of for yeah, uh, especially unheard of. Uh, like that is just not expected you don't expect that from the best days of rodor and wah or lundquist or shesterkin or sorokin or any of the or, or hellebuck or any of them but you're getting it from Bobrovsky, like that, that's that's the other thing about this Panthers team is is they have really like the guys that they've needed to play have not just played they have stepped up and that all of a sudden that ten million dollars is like yeah that makes sense why he's being paid ten million Bobrovsky. Now 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 let me ask you this as far as because I have two questions about okay. Bobrovsky's legacy. Uh, he is due ten million dollars the next three seasons. Uh, at this point, if if they don't win the cup but they went to the final, is it worth it? Oof. you know, I that is such a tough question, but I always have to lean on the. Ah, you know what? But it's different for Florida. But but to me, I feel like it, it's championship or nothing because I hate the idea of like. Yeah, but we were, but but we got right there, you know. We we invested in Bobrovsky, and we ended up, you know, however many wins short, they you know they end up being one win, two win, three win, four wins, you know, whatever whatever it ends up being. We we almost got there. We were so close to tasting the champagne in in the Lord Stanley's Cup, but we didn't. So it's it. I don't know. It's to me, I feel like it's championship or bust. What about you? Yeah. I, I don't know. You got to be practical about it at some point. But like, obviously, if they win a cup, they can pay him 10 million for the next 10 years. They can give him the Bobby Bonita deal and it'll still be worth it if you yeah. get one championship. Uh, but yeah, realistically, I don't know. I, I feel like you get to a cup final appearance like it almost feels greedy to ask for more than that. Uh, I guess you would have to see what the next three seasons are like, but potentially ends up being worth it if you take a team that far, in my opinion. 
Uh, now let me ask you this other thing, which I should have had numbers. In number, front. number, numbers. Okay, so Con Smythe okay. betting odds. Right now, uh, the odds on favorite to win it is Sergey Bobrovsky. Uh, next, like, most likely after that, Matthew Kachuk. Then you get to Jack Eichel, Jonathan March, so, so on and so forth. <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky, if, if he wins a cup and a Con Smythe, with the way his career totals are at, is that a Hall of Famer, and is it a first Okay, Hall of so Famer? where is he at career wins-wise right now? Do you have that number? Okay, well, I while you get that, that, here's here's what I like to say about it is I get that we hold the playoffs for the Hall of Fame votes, but I hate that we utilize the playoffs for the Hall of Fame votes because to me, winning a championship and all of that should not matter if a player is Hall of Fame worthy. But I get that it's going to tip somebody that might be on the cusp. And I want to say Bobrovsky will be on the cusp of being, if his career plays out along the lines of like 20, 25 wins a season, yada, 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 plays it out. I want to say he'll break 400 wins. And that will probably put him close. Yeah, he's, okay. he's at 371 he right now. break 400 wins. He probably could maybe end around the 450 mark, which will put him. I, I yeah, and you know that maybe, gets him yeah. around the top in the top ten of goalie wins and all of that. Also, also keep in mind two Vesna trophies. Not the one, two Vesnas two. is where I think would help him. I think the two Vesnas, if he gets to the 450 wins and he gets into the, and he, and he starts pushing like the top five wins and all of that. And you know, that, that number is starting to get that, that legacy is starting to get a little weird because of, you know, the Lundquist and the flurries and stuff like that. And you got some of those guys that are like just retiring or starting to wrap up that are kind of moving those numbers. So I think if he ends somewhere in the top seven, with the two Vesnas, he does not need a cup or a con smite. He gets in. I think if he ends somewhere around like 420 wins, and I just did not pick that number for any other reason. It was just kind of subtracting there. But if he ends up yeah. around there, I think if he has the cup, there's no way. Because then they'll be like, well, he doesn't even need the con smite. He just needs the cup. Because then it's, he's got the two Vesnas. He had over 400 career wins. He got the Panthers to a cup final. Nobody saw Florida Panthers becoming a, a thing. And he was part of making them a thing down there. Uh, you know, like everything else starts to end. It's like, and he got, you know, or he gets the cup down there. Then he helped bring a cup to South Beach. And nobody thought that would happen. Like yeah. a cup would solidify, the, actually a cup would a, solidify him right now. And I hate that. I, I just hate that because I, <laughs> again, I don't like the fact that we, and they, this is across all sports. I hate the fact that they look at players and we go, man, that guy was a surefire hall of famer. And they're like, yeah, but he never had postseason success. Who gives a crap? Postseason is, as you all say, second season we're in second season we're in it doesn't matter this is not this is not count towards the numbers of their career you know this isn't going every win he gets doesn't go to, towards his win total it just goes towards playoff win total it's a totally separate category 
we're supposed to well, look at the body of work from the regular season, not the postseason. We're not supposed to look at those. So it drives me nuts when we look at those and, and yeah. certain players that should get in are starting to get snubbed because maybe they didn't get the cup or win the championship while others that did, you're like, why, why? Mainly baseball pisses me off with that a lot more. Yeah, and, and baseball having the limited time frame you can get in is so unusual as it is as well. But but the the I you you think of all the arguments you hear against someone going in, which like the goalie Hall of Fame representation is kind of mm-hmm. skewed as it is that there's not a lot that were in there, and I and I think some of that has to do with like the '90s and the sense of well, he was never the best at his position. It's like well, yeah, but he also played during a time of Hachikwa and Brodeur, so you can't necessarily yeah. hold that against him. Uh, so the arguments you always hear against someone going in is was never the best at his position. Uh, he has two trophies that would argue against that. Uh, doesn't have uh, the the you know longevity uh, for it, which he has been playing a good long time. Uh, he has you know does he have the postseason success, uh, which we are. We've pretty much seen the postseason success if he can take a team to the final. And uh, international play, which Mm -hmm. he did win a gold in the World Championships in 2014. So that he has something there. It may not be Olympic, but there's something. Uh, But yeah, everything else with that, like I'm kind of right there with you. He gets a consummate to me. That's a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's okay. This is Brabovsky's year. Who else yeah, is going? Yeah, with him, so. I, I mean, I, he really has rewritten the legacy, though, because we we started writing him off down there, and it was like, well, you know, he he took that Vesna, got paid, and good for him. You know, sorry for Florida. You're kind of locked into that when you have, you know, well, I mean, we didn't know everything was going to happen. That happened with Spencer Knight this year, but you know, you have that future number one goalie down there already to begin with, so. Big deal and going to be hard to move. Well, that oh god, I, I didn't even think about that. the The idea that Spencer Knight has to watch all this happen without yeah. him. Uh, I I do. I want to throw this out there. I think he has a no move clause uh, or a no trade clause. But you got to imagine. Okay, you got to imagine though. No matter what, following this season, if Florida wanted to get out of that ten million for the next three years. There's some GM out there who's and probably has an owner looking at them going, look at the run he just had. He's still worth it. Make the move and you could get that 10 million off. I, I mean, Tim Thomas won a con Smythe and he was at a what was considered an advanced age. And we saw what he was like after that. Yep. Which yep. So great. I feel like if you were to try and I like uh, if I'm if I'm running the organization in Florida, uh, which I'm not, and smarter people are, hence why they're in the cup final. But yeah, at the end of this season, I'm 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 letting the feelers be known and I'm asking Bobrovsky because yeah, I want out of that deal. I just I don't know. No matter how good he's been, I want I the ten million dollars for another three years just bothers me. And 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 I think you could also see a trend start to follow if mm. Vegas wins at all off the backs of like four goaltenders that are barely being paid over league minimum. Uh, follow considering that we just followed 
the Colorado Avalanche doing it uh, with Kempfer, will it all of a sudden become a trend of actually goaltending is important, but it's yeah. not that important. It's not it's 10 million, 8 million, whatever yeah, it is. It's, it's funny you bring that up because I've, I've heard that. I've seen that floated around because of, you know, Sorokin, Shesterkin, like Omar, all these number ones got bounced right away. Uh, yeah, and then you're left with, you know, as as we said, the only one that we were left with heading into the to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals was Ottinger, who played such a ridiculous amount of games that, it, it, yeah, like, no way he had a shot anymore. And yeah, we're running with teams that were rolling out, you know, like even the Hurricanes were rolling out like three, four goalies. Like, it's just... I don't know. It's it's because it is a parody league all the time. Like I do expect somebody to go out. Obviously, there's not going to be another Matthew Kachuk available this off season, but I expect somebody's going to be going out there and looking to make like one or two teams make big trades. Of I, I still have my eye on Toronto with that for whatever reason. I just feel like Toronto has since they're so cap crunched as well and they have so much talent that it's like hmm, I can see them trying to make a move. Uh, I, I, w- I was going to comment sarcastically and be like, well, there isn't a really high-profile team in a major market that's been advertised as needing oh, to make yeah. moves. I mean, well, but, but like, but uh, could you, okay, throw this one at you. Could you see, like, Detroit and Toronto making a move? No? Even no. though they hate each other? Yeah. Same division. Same division. Not, e- not even that. Just, it's the, within division, you're not going to help somebody. Well, why are if you can control where Mitch Marner ends uh, or William Nylander or whoever it may be, why in the world are you sending them where you will have to play them? So I, I get that logic. I hate that logic as well, because to me, if we're making a trade and I feel this is benefiting my team as well, and yeah, it's going to benefit your team. And I know the player that you're getting, and I know he's a good player, but if I feel my team is getting like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I'm improving my team, why should trading within conference stop, stop trades? It, I, like, again, I get where you're coming from. I get the logic of, I don't want to give somebody I have to face multiple times a year and might have to face in the playoffs, a player of that caliber. But if I feel I'm getting back a player of that caliber as well, and both of us get what we want, like, I don't know. It, 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 it I, yeah. When one of the front runners for that Toronto job is Brad Tree Living, and when Brendan Shanahan has talked a lot about uh, having an experienced GM for this team, uh, you've got to believe that they're not going to uh, to go against the grain here and say, yeah, we'll trade this guy yeah, within our division. I, I know. I know. But I. Yeah, I'm not it's, saying you're wrong. I don't know. Maybe because I've been playing too many videos. As far as what should yeah. happen and what will happen, yeah. of course, two different things. Speaking of which, who should win this? Who would you prefer? Okay. So this? prefer to win it because I think they've been super fun, even though somebody came at me on Twitter saying that they are not fun. Uh, and I know Golden Knight fans are going to get mad, but I think the Florida Panthers have been a super fun story. I think they've been a super fun team. I love that Florida has gone from 
nobody's in the arena to 20,000 people going absolutely crazy. Uh, like, I, I don't know, like that to me is really fun. So the Panthers now who's going to win it. I am taking the golden Knights in five, 100%. I think the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going five. Five. I think the Panthers active eight game road strip road winning streak comes to an end instantly. I just, uh, yeah, nah, I just, nah, I don't see it. I think that this is where Bobrovsky gets humbled as well. I think Eichel's going to be the con smite and Buffalo Sabre fans are really going to lose their mind. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my totally wild out there prediction for the Stanley cup final Vegas in five, Jack Eichel's your con smite winner and Buffalo burns because of it. Well, well it, boy, it, w- it would be really difficult as a Buffalo fan to see your high-profile center get traded and immediately <laughs> win the con smite. I was talking with a Sabres fan about this today because he, he looked at me, he's like, so so you're going Panthers, right? You got to be going Panthers. And I was like, listen, Jack Eichel guy, I'm going Vegas. Like, calm, calm yourself, buddy. I get it. I know. Yeah, because he was pretty adamant of like, I can't see Eichel win a cup. Which is fair. I totally get it. Uh, You know, you wanted Connor McDavid, you ended up with Jack Um, Eichel, it didn't work out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll do this question backwards. Uh, Who do I think is going to win? I think Florida in six. Uh, They beat Boston. They turned right around and beat Toronto after playing, you know, seven against Boston, you thought that would have taken a pound of flesh out of them. It didn't. Uh, the second they played a lesser elite team in Carolina, and by lesser, let's be realistic, they weren't as good as Toronto or Boston. I don't think that's a controversial statement. Uh, they swept them. It, it, and just Bobrovsky's had all this rest to them. I, I just, I don't see a team that went through all those other teams being stopped by anyone, frankly. I I don't think it means that Vegas is bad. I think that Florida just has that lightning in a jar right now and will be able to ride it all the way to the very end with it. Now, if Vegas gave them the most competition in a series, that wouldn't surprise me. But realistically, I think Florida wins in six. I was going to say the opposite reason why you think Florida wins is why I think Vegas wins. I remember Vegas having all that momentum going into the cup final in 2018. Who's going to stop them? Is it really going to be the Capitals? And then they hit the wall. And I think that's what's going to happen with Florida is that they're going to run into that opponent that finally it's like, oh crap. Like, yeah, the Bruins were a challenge, you know, Every series was a challenge, but this one is the challenge. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the Vegas of six years ago, uh, like going into it, we all kind of felt like it was a house of cards that was ready to collapse. <laughs> I, I that might be revisionist history on my part. But I going into it, I just felt I felt like everyone was really behind the Capitals on that. And, and even it being a little 
bitter having lived in Capitals country for so long and felt like certain people were just so annoying to us. I felt like I was 100% uh, and see, there. I remember that being so, more of everybody was like, there's no way Vegas has allowed this in their first year. That it was yeah. more of, it wasn't, it wasn't more it, so because Vegas was bad. It was like, you just don't deserve this. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely part of it too, but I don't know. The, now, things that I feel like are worth appreciating, two guys that used to play in Florida, Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith, both victims of the expansion draft because Florida was bending over backwards to protect freaking Eric Gobranson and someone else, I forget. Someone else that's just not that consequential. Uh, so to win the cup against the team that gave you up in the expansion draft and like packaged you together to make sure uh, that, you know, you were out of town. That would be I mean, sweet and there, there's another reason to get behind uh, uh, it, the Golden it, Knights right there. They, they've got two guys that are completely yeah, motivated and, to stick it to Florida. Yeah, and and the whole uh, cup and six coming true, I think that, that would be really cool to see that come mm-hmm. to fruition. Uh, but, like, obviously, it, it goes beyond everything with Bobrovsky seeing – as many ups and downs as he's had in his career. Uh, think of a player like Anthony DeClaire. Oh, journey, man. Who, who you're, you've got to be yeah. very familiar with as a former Ranger. But this yeah. guy bounced around all over. Arizona, Chicago, Columbus, John Tortorella going out there saying he doesn't know how to play hockey. To see him get the cup? Yeah. Pretty awesome to see. Uh, Roberto Luongo? Remember this guy who's an AGM in Florida now? Seeing him get to lift the cup would be pretty cool. Uh, there's just I there's so much to like about some of these players on Florida, and uh, you know Kachuk's a good mm-hmm. American, and so you got to appreciate that. And uh, the most important metric that there is, uh, Florida has a former Norfolk Admiral on the team in Radko Gudis, and uh, the Knights don't so. Got to keep yeah, that metric yeah. in mind as well. Uh, I mean, that's I, – I, I, everything you're throwing out just, to me, makes it even more of an exciting Stanley Cup final because I'm sure – I haven't actually seen many people out there really hating, but I guess because it's been a couple of days since we really felt like this was going to be the Cup final. Uh, you know, again, it would have been really cool if Dallas pulled off the reverse sweep, but it just was not happening at the end of the day. So – Maybe by the yeah. time that they, you know, Vegas clinched last night, it wasn't that much. But I feel like I haven't seen much hate towards this cup final. Uh, but I feel like it's really yeah. shaped. Like, I really do think that this is actually a really good cup final that, if done right, could have a cool sell to get people interested in the championship of hockey. They're not going to sell it correctly. Uh, and they're really, they're really going to screw up on the fact no, that right away they should be selling it as this is going to be a first time champion either way. Like, yes, that that's another thing I overlooked. Oh, it was the first well. thing that I was, thought that, that, that was, was right. one of the things that I was pulling for with it. Cause I was like, I would love to see, cause listen, we haven't had that since the last time Vegas was in the Stanley cup final against the caps. Yeah. Like, and I loved that year because of that. Cause it was like, no matter what. 
when franchise is about to hoist their first ever cup like that to me is cool yeah whatever tampa won three in a row or two if you don't count fake season but you know like that's cool <laughs> that's a nice story as well but what's cooler is not a franchise winning their third or fourth or whatever and you know listen red wings fan over there listen red wings fan over there you, <laughs> you know you don't need four and five being a team in <laughs> their first and a fan base get their first is really like that's fun that's cool it's it's fun to see and it goes such a long way to really establishing mm -hmm. a hockey market if you if you remember when the atlanta thrashers made it to the playoffs for the first and i believe only time uh, after winning their division, your New York Rangers yes. swept them and probably single-handedly yes, destroyed did. that franchise. We did. I was there for the six-nothing uh, victory so. as well. <laughs> William Nylander, uh, or, so, no, so, not William, uh, uh, Michael Nylander scored a hat trick. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there's there's a lot to appreciate about seeing a fan base win yeah, for the first yeah. time. I mean, and, and look at Columbus. <laughs> look at look at that fan base. I mean, they've got a fan base. But look at how hard it's been to keep that fan base interested. You know, one playoff series win in how many seasons? Uh, and Big name free agent in the team. Yeah, it's, and then somehow uh, didn't win the draft lottery. Yeah, nothing nothing yeah. good happening there. Uh, if you're Florida, you don't have to worry about that because your first round pick yeah. is tied up for well, the next three It years. could be worth it. But, but yeah, this is uh, – Yeah. Yeah. Win once, does, and it doesn't it's, matter. And it's this, worth is, this is the window for for Florida. Um, I'm not going to say the window for Vegas is closing because they just whatever. But this is Florida's window. This is their three year run. Like last year was one of it. This year is one. Next year will be one, and then after that, you really got to worry again if Brodsky's still there. Uh, and and the ten million dollars, yeah. and you're going to need to start. I, I think already this off season, you're going to need to sign people. Definitely in two years, there are some guys that need some new deals. Uh, I'm really stoked about this Stanley Cup final. Uh, this is also going to be only the second Stanley Cup final to feature two franchises that joined the league in the 90s or later. It's Say okay. that for me again one more time because I, I want to see if I can okay. remember This is the second is. Stanley Cup final to feature two franchises that joined the league in the 90s or later. I can give you the year of the showdown following the 2007 the showdown between these two teams. Oh, between, uh, no, no. Yes. between Anaheim, Anaheim beat. Don't know why he's trying to say, keeps trying to say nope. Edmonton. They, no, no, they no, 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 not Carolina. Not you. You no. were, you were warm. You were warm. Uh, well, yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa, I was, Ottawa. I was gonna say you were warm with the Canadian. Um, yeah. So, uh, Duck go. Senators back in two thousand and seven. Uh, that's the last time, or I should say, that was the first time we had a Stanley Cup final with two franchises that joined in the nineties or later. Which is just uh, again, why like. I, like these are cool little things, and these are all things that I guarantee you the NHL are not going to use to sell. Where it's like these are new franchises. This is everything that the Canadian markets hate because the new franchises are thriving. This yeah, is the this, new hotness. This is, this the, is the the young, cool, hip. 
Yeah, this 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 Fine. final's got some has got the good drip to it, you know. Uh, just yeah, like it, it does. Know, so yeah. It does. Um, all right, so that's our. I, I feel like that's all we can really hammer on the cup. We spent about an hour on the cup uh, final. You got you got the Panthers in yeah, six. Wanna... I've got Vegas in five. We'll see what happens this Saturday night when the puck drops, and uh, I'm very excited to see this cup final. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you? Uh, do you yeah. Want to let's get into the coaching news? carousel that's continued, and uh, we actually learned early today the first name that came off the board. Let's just go in order on this. The first name that came off the board today: uh, Washington sure. Capitals have announced their new head coach, Spencer Carberry, is uh, coming back to the Capitals organization. If you didn't know, he actually coached the Hershey Bears before becoming Toronto's assistant over the last two years. Uh, there was a good piece on the athletic about how these two teams or these two teams, uh, the capitals and him, they always had eyes for each other. This kind of always seemed like it was in the equation and, uh, timing didn't work out two years ago, which is why he bet on himself and went to Toronto as an assistant instead of, uh, biding time with Hershey while Peter Laviolette held the, held on to the job. Uh, and yeah, timing's worked out and the two of them are back together again. Yeah, and for uh, for what you ended up seeing, uh, the way this played out was kind of unique in the sense that uh, he he got looked over for the promotion sort yeah. of when uh, it, which I I felt like Washington was making the right choice there. If you were trying to figure out the best way to squeeze the uh, the last uh, years out of Alexander Ovechkin and company, uh, you. you Peter Laviolette was probably the way to go over a fresh face. Uh, but he he goes to Toronto. He was mostly in charge yes. of their power play. Uh, and, and they had the second best percentage in the league there at 26%. Uh, percent, second only to the Edmonton Oilers, who were just freaks of nature in general at 32. Uh, but yeah, very much has proven himself there and it's uh it's cool to see him get the opportunity there uh uh spencer carberry apparently interviewed with the ducks the rangers and the predators as well and uh the also kind of interesting of note the capitals gave him four years which for a somebody with no head coaching experience seems it stood out to me a little to get a four-year deal there. So I think that was very much, hey, this guy clearly has multiple offers here. Let's end this. Let's make sure he picks us. And uh, excited to see what he's going to do with this team. Uh, Yeah, so jumping into that four-year deal, I'm with you. It was a little shocking to see a four-year deal. But also the four-year deal stood out to me because I feel that this 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 is a big job to take. I mean, any of the teams that he interviewed for, I know he was high up on the Rangers list. He was a name that kept popping up for them. I know the Ducks really wanted him. Like he was a, he was a heavily sought after name. Like he was one of the first names that was out there. Every coaching job, he was either one or two on a list that you saw. Like he was definitely wanted, but the four years jumped out to me because of where this Capitals team is. Ovi's got three years remaining on his contract. It feels like it was kind of a safe bet, actually, because I feel like he's got three years to 
I, I don't even want to say win a cup, but just make the playoffs with Ovi there. And again, continue to get Ovi to the record. Yeah. And that's going to be the goal with the power play and really get the power play going for them. But I feel like this is really more of a three-year deal. Like, that's cool. It's four years, but this feels like a three-year deal. Probably. Uh, and that's where the decisions go. Probably, but we know how coaches coaches are. If you get fired, you get paid oh, for yeah. all four. Unless they so. mutually part. Good, good on um, but yeah, I I, I yeah, just noted that I just noted the fact that the, his deal goes one year beyond Ovi, and feeling that uh, come that point, either actually maybe he does keep his job even past Ovi because I feel once Ovi's done, it, that's when the inevitable rebuild will fully kick in, and yeah. maybe he's there for the rebuild. But I would assume he's probably going to end up getting fired by then or mutually part ways, which is now the new thing in the NHL. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I am curious to see. I, I think the Capitals got a whole bunch of other problems than the coaching situation. He'll clearly help, but I don't. I don't know. Like all the jobs that he was, I mean, any head coaching job, I don't know what I'm about to say there. Any head coaching job that you take is not an easy one or a sure thing, unless you're John Cooper, Um, you know, like, (laughs) so yeah, if he had taken the Rangers job, the pressure there would have been probably tenfold to what it's going to be in Washington. Uh, Cause in Washington, the bar has been set at just get us back to the playoffs. It's not win a cup. The Rangers is, we need to get to the cup now. Uh, the Ducks is make us yeah, a, a contender consistently. <laughs> yeah, a- anything less than winning the whole thing for the Rangers at this yeah, point is that's that's clear where their mindset uh, is. I, I think. Yeah, wh- whereas a lot of those other teams that we mentioned there, uh, the Ducks just want to be less embarrassing. Yes. I would imagine at this point. Uh, you got to imagine that's it, not really an appealing job they, as well with how embarrassing they were. But you are going to get uh, a great American uh, on your team next year. So, you know. Yeah. And, and, and for uh, for the Preds, I feel like you're just going to do what Barry Trotz tells you to do, uh, which isn't the worst position to be in, especially if you're the next person that got uh, hired. Yeah, which they've been um, trying to pull it up. Uh, They're doing some shakeups as well over there right now uh, as they fired John Hayes and hired Andrew Burnett as the next head coach. Uh, And that is the 2021-22 Jack Adams Award finalist, by the way, Andrew Burnett. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Who... who People said he had to have gotten a raw deal from the Panthers. And for those that aren't sure what I'm talking about, when Joe Quinville mm-hmm. was, uh, everything came out about what happened in Chicago and he got uh, sent away from that organization. Uh, Andrew Burnett stepped in and led them to a president's trophy, won the Jack Adams, uh, got bounced in the playoffs, but more or less said, what, what else do I need to do to get the interim tag removed here? Uh, and they elected to go with uh, with Paul Maurice and uh, Andrew Burnett went to go be an assistant in New Jersey, uh, which was very much seemed like he might be getting Lindy Ruff's job for a bit there. Uh, but now he's going to get a chance to uh, be a head coach here. And uh, 
again, in Florida, can't argue with the results. So no, good for, uh, good for him. And uh, I, I got to know, like, how do you feel? Because this is actually the first big decision made um, post the, uh, or I guess in the Barry Trotz era of things now. So how do you feel like what's your take on this? Like, how does this set the tone for Nashville? Like, I, I was, I was a little surprised by it because similar to what we've mentioned before, it seems like a lot of places, uh, the G, the GM isn't saving that fire the coach mm-hmm. move for, well, if things aren't going my way, you know, I haven't had a chance to put my coach in. He's just diving in and do, putting his guy in right away which you got to kind of admire a little and uh, almost sort of you, you have to sort of recognize that they're kind of looking at where they're at and saying this isn't acceptable. So I feel like he's definitely, Barry Trotz is definitely sending a message, making a move like this. Um, it, it's a little late in the coaching cycle to start notifying people that their services are no longer needed, but it's not nearly as bad as like what the Sharks did with Bob Bugner this year, which was basically on the eve of preseason telling him he wasn't going to have a job anymore. Uh, But yeah, if I'm a Predators fan, this is a reason to be excited. Uh, Brunette apparently uh, talked with Anaheim and Columbus, and he may, uh, from what I heard Elliot Friedman say, he may have been on his way to talk with Calgary this week as well before this mm-hmm. news broke. So, so when again, when that's your uh, potential options there, seems like a easier yeah, choice. Yeah, I, 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 I dug the move as well. I did think he got a bit of a raw deal with Florida. Uh, obviously that has worked out for the Panthers. Uh, but he did go on to lead the devil's power play as an assistant coach to 13th in the league. So, you know, like he had success there in New Jersey and you're right. It looked like for uh, a hot minute there at the start of the season that he would have, ta- he was going to be taking over the head coaching duties there. So it, it was inevitable. He was going to get a job. I like this one. I think, I think Nashville is a team that, I mean, we talked about it back at the deadline and stuff and, and, where they are. They're a team that's going to be in it due to their goalie situation a lot. And they're, they can be competitive. He's the type of coach that might be able to get this team back to the playoffs. And we joke about Nashville always being a team that is, is always just kind of right there in the middle. So they've never been able to draft wise, get that great player, but are never far away from it where they get like a bad player. I, so I don't know, but I like the hire. I think it's a good hire. Um, one other hiring situation that seems like it's probably going to be announced at some point soon from a lot of the indication, uh, especially now that we talked about Carberry being off the board. And that is that despite, I, I blame us. I blame us for manifesting this, John. Uh, it seems like Peter Laviolette is the favorite to take over head coaching duties with the New York Rangers. And a lot of indication is it's going to be announced sometime before the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I would expect a lot of things to get announced this week because the league really doesn't like anything to take away yeah. from the Stanley Cup final once it starts. Uh, so I, I halfway wouldn't be surprised if this got announced while we were recording. Uh, but it, it's 
it seems like those are all the indications that have gone that way and there hasn't been any big denials of it or anything like that so uh yeah i guess we'll uh i guess we will uh prepare a reaction for that and have it locked and loaded and ready to go next week uh but if you're if if like you said your goal is to reach the uh is to win the stanley cup Getting a guy that's been there before probably not the worst idea. Yeah, I, I, I it's not, and and honestly, I saw his. I, I think I said I, either I sent it to you or you said to me. Either way, um, I saw his win percentage over his career with each team. While last year was a bit of a failure in Washington, he had a, a like a five. 40 win percentage there. Like he, he has never been below 500 in any of his jobs anywhere. Nashville, Washington, yeah, uh, the Islanders. Like he has been a winning coach wherever he's gone. He does have that Stanley cup final. Granted, I know it's been a very, very long time ago now at this point, but it doesn't matter. You've got that. Well, that was, yeah, that was the one that he won. Keep in mind, he took, Philadelphia and Nashville both. Yeah. So I, I like he is, uh, I like him as a coach, but you know, we weirdly talked about this when I threw his name out and then we had the discussion and I went, I don't know. and kind of talked myself out of it, but I think I'm circling back around and maybe it's just because it seems like through all the, the insiders that that seems to be the way it goes. Although uh, Brooksy there uh, threw out the question uh, a few hours ago, is it not safe to infer that if the Rangers were excited by Laviolette's candidacy, he'd have been offered the job weeks ago? So another classic take from Is this the same guy that said that's the same guy that said Sergey Fedorov was interviewing in Columbus? Yes. Um so yeah, that is uh Yeah. yeah. I, I'm uh actually yeah, it looks weird. like I'm some of the other stuff I'm now seeing seems like some of the other Rangers insiders are saying Friday uh will be the announcement of uh Laviolette. So those are the ones not Brooksy. So all right, I guess uh yeah, that like I said, it would be beforehand, but it looks like it's him and um yeah, trying to get excited again. Trying to trying to work myself back into the feelings I felt when I pitched him as a candidate before we started diving into him <laughs> potentially being the coach and I realized eh, I don't like that one so much. Um Hey, any fan base that doesn't end up with Mike Babcock as their head coach has to be counting their blessings. Did you see he actually interviewed, apparently, for the Rangers job? No, I, I saw one uh, insider say some of the candidates that have uh, interviewed were, of course, uh, Carberry was on the list. Uh, and so was Babcock. And on the hopeful list was Patrick Waugh. Yeah, yeah, that's what everyone keeps talking about. Oh, Patrick Law this, Patrick Law that. Patrick Law is yeah. a little busy right now. The Quebec Ramparts are on the verge of winning uh, the Memorial Cup. So I have a hard time believing he's breaking away from all that to interview somewhere else. Uh, but at the same time, teams yeah. got to make moves. So if people are potentially interested in Patrick Law's services, which I don't know it's been established that anyone actually is, uh, I, I think they have to, you know, they got to make that announcement sooner. I, every like, time I've seen Patrick Waugh's name linked to any of the open positions, it has literally been the, 
this person's on the list, this person's on the list, this person's talked to, and maybe Patrick Waugh. <laughs> it's always a, and yeah. maybe yeah. Patrick Waugh. It's never he's on the list to interview for the job. It's always a, maybe. Or, yeah, and, and like I said, he, he probably can't interview right now, and that's, that's why they're always yeah. maybes. He's suffering yeah. from success Oh, right damn success. Maybe he should just walk away from it, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, Patrick Waugh hanging out with DJ Collin here <laughs> soon. You heard it here first. Um, all right. Uh, that was kind of a lot of what I had for the week, but I know we do have some other notes. Uh, you mentioned the champions league in europe okay yeah there we go you 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 mentioned two (laughs) things to me and i was like all right i'll let i'll let you talk europe let's talk europe yeah so uh the champions league in europe which if you did not know about that before uh i brought it up uh truth be told nick neither did i uh but they introduced a series of rule changes going into this year that kind of caught my eye and uh there's three things that they're changing about the way they do penalties some of these are things that used to be how things were done in the nhl i wanted to kind of get your feelings on the three of these and if these would be good things for the nhl to adopt uh the first change uh scoring during a minor penalty you know scoring a power play goal no longer ends the power play. So they're going to be treated the same way we treat major penalties now. You you scored on a power play. Okay, great. Power play is still going. I, you know what? Mm, I don't like that one just because uh, I think of, uh, I would hate to be any team that plays against uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be losing yeah, four to nothing because somebody, you know, shot the puck over the glass in the defensive zone by accident. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what a lot of it comes back to. They they used to do it that way for the NHL, but what would happen is the powerhouse yeah. uh, Montreal teams of the seventies. Uh, you know, you'd take one penalty yeah, and you'd be uh, down four goals. Uh, so that's why they ended up changing it. I say, if you want scoring to go up, change. Well, that. scoring has gone up, man. Uh, Let's be real. They, they even even they averaged like six goals a season all season, and they're averaging like six point five this postseason. So, and if and if a uh, if a power play goes the full two minutes every single time, you and I know we both saw plenty of instances where someone scores five or ten seconds into a power play suddenly overcoming a four goal deficit isn't so impossible to imagine uh the next one kind of along a similar vein if you score during a delayed penalty the ensuing power play still i'm i like that one a little bit more uh i do but i i would say if you change that you can't pull the goalie during the delay call you can't do the six on five score and then get the power play i I mean just to try and make it fair uh somebody's probably gonna at me for that one and be like that's so stupid and that's fine you could say it's stupid i kind of agree it's stupid but again these are all hypotheticals oh god yeah right you 
And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea. I feel like it makes the penalty yeah. really mean something. Like, oh, I slashed a guy because he was about to score a goal and it became a delayed penalty and he scored the goal anyway. It's like, no, that slashing still meant something, pal. You're you're serving a penalty for that. And, and especially if you have to serve the full two minutes. Uh, there is there is a way that you can not serve the full mm-hmm. two minutes, though. Apologize? <laughs> Scoring a sh- third rule change for Champions League this year. Scoring a shorthanded goal ends the penalty. Oh. I adore oh, this idea. Pretty... Does this completely change power plays? As uh, it would definitely make the shorthanded situation a little bit more interesting because you know some teams would take those risks. Especially throwing yeah, Connor McDavid. <laughs> Just imagine McDavid and Dreisaitl are on yeah. the penalty kill now. <laughs> yeah, now are, your, are your scoring forwards suddenly a lot more valuable yeah, on the penalty which kill? which also means defensive liability because think... I'm just picturing whoever ends up siding Patrick Kane putting him out there on the penalty kill. Exactly. It would be total chaos yeah. and I would be here for it. If if you could only adopt one of those three rules for the NHL, as long as I as much as I'd like to see two minute majors, the scoring the shorthanded goal ends the penalty. That's totally to the one that I really want as well. Like if, if we had to pick with you, if we had to pick one of those three, that is the one I am picking. That that is an agent of chaos that I am into. Me too. Me too. Speaking of agents of chaos, we didn't talk too terribly much about the world championships, uh, mostly because of a reflection of how important it is to North America. Uh, But it is a huge, huge deal to European hockey countries. Uh, This week we saw Canada triumph over uh, Moritz Seider and uh, Team Germany. Uh, Still a big deal for Germany to get silver. Uh, but did you see how much Latvia lost their minds celebrating winning bronze? Yes, and it States? was uh, quite upsetting because they were more excited than any American would have ever gotten over that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's and just seeing what Latvian hockey fans were like, uh, they were laying flowers at the U.S. Embassy. <laughs> The 50,000 or some ridiculous number of people came out to greet the team when they flew back from Finland for it. It's been so cool to see Latvia just embrace all of this. I wanted to ask you, Nick, who is your favorite Latvian born NHLer? Uh, you know, I don't know. Oh. Well, I hate to do this to you, Nick, but if you're not knowing that uh, Latvian NHLer, I think we need to have oh, a little quiz for you. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to like put together 10 questions and just read them off really rapid fire and act like I knew all these Latvian hockey players. Uh, there's not okay. that many. But there's five that I think you should know about, and I will put them together okay. for you now. Nick, we're going back to the year 1989, in which Minnesota uh, North Stars drafted this goalie that would eventually backstop the Carolina Hurricanes to a Stanley Cup final appearance in 2002. Who am I talking about? 
who was their goalie in 02? Very famous for using one really, really old set of pads. Oh, God. I have no idea. Archer's Okay, you should have gone with San Jose Shark. <laughs> okay, so you at uh, least recognize Of course I do. I played I'll with him it. all the time in NHL 94 of the Sega. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had a had a had a big career with the Sharks as well, but uh and, and very famously uh led Latvia to beat the Soviets in the World Championships, which was a very big deal to them as well. Uh but next up on our list uh, another goaltender, this Columbus heir to the throne, credits Matkis Kivlikens for saving his life after a fireworks accident in July of 2021. He would go on to name his son Matis as a way of honoring him. Who am I talking about, Nick? Uh, wait, you're asking me about the goalie? Columbus heir to the throne. Fireworks accident. Uh, wasn't that Mer... Joe... Why can't I... Well, I'm going to butcher the last name. Mer... Kidness. I think I can give it to you. Elvis, right? Elvis. Elvis Merzlikens, yes. Okay. As well. Uh, Let's talk about somebody that's not a goalie. Uh... This former first-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres was a runaway leader for voting in the All-Star Game in 2015, thanks mostly to online votes coming from the nation of Latvia. He is still playing for Buffalo, but who is still playing for Buffalo? Yes. It's not John Scott. (laughs) No. I have no idea. Zemgis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. Does Not that really. name ring a bell now? You don't you don't remember Zemgis Gergensen from the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, from the All-Star okay. game. I'm somebody who uh, watches the All-Star game. I might do a show about hockey, but you really <laughs> think that I actually ever watched the All-Star game? Look, man, it's a short <laughs> list of players. I gotta pick out the ones that I have know, something but notable, I'm just okay? saying the All-Star game, like when that's the notability, ooh. <laughs> All right, well, you'll okay. like these next two, Nick, because you aren't going to have to guess the name of the players. This next one we're talking about, Christians Rubens. He, of course, is the defenseman that scored the overtime game winner of the 2023 Bronze Medal World Championship game against the United States. In an interview with Jeff Merrick, he mentioned using his medal to get out of traffic. He was stuck in a traffic jam. He hung his medal out the window of his car, and traffic got parted so that he could go on his way. He plays in the AHL. What NHL team owns his rights? Um, You know what? I'll say Tampa. It's Calgary Flames. Uh, but I feel like when I ask you about AHL players, we're probably throwing darts. At yeah, I, I'm just thinking how. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> just thinking maybe Tampa. All right. Are you ready for a history sure. lesson on this one? Helmets Balderis. 
The oldest rookie in league history made his debut with the Minnesota North Stars at wow. age 36 in 1989. Wow. Shortly before that, he had been coaching in Japan, but he was also a part of the Soviet team in 1980 that lost the Miracle on Ice game. What was notable about him during that game? Uh, he, he smiled. <laughs> He was the only Soviet player that went and shook Herb Brooks's hand. That's cool. So out of out of that entire Soviet team, they, they most of them went through the handshake line with the U, Team USA afterwards. Uh, Victor Tikhonov, the coach, uh, was notably absent, but the only one that went up and shook the coach's hand, Helmut Valderis. Twenty six games played, three goals, yeah. six assists. You know, there is, I I was going to say, there is one player that I'm shocked you haven't thrown at me that I I do remember is, is, is Latvian. Who's that? It it came to me when you brought up San Jose Shark, great archers, Herbe. And you didn't bring up San Jose Shark defenseman, Sandus Ozelinch. Well, you know, what, what would I say was notable Um, for him? I don't know. He played for the Sharks and he was one of my favorite. Like, honestly, <laughs> when, when you said Herbe, I was like, wait a minute. Ozilage was from there and I loved Sandus Ozilage. I don't know what the hell it was about him. I just loved him as a defenseman. Yeah. And for that game, especially, that was a good Sharks team that they had in there. I, I just could not come up with much to say about him. Uh, but yeah, it's important that yeah. we learn our Latvian yeah. hockey history. And I hope I got to contribute to that today for you. You did. And the listeners. And uh, I feel we all learned a little something, and that's why we listen to this show, to learn something. (laughs) Start with potatoes, end with Latvian hockey. There's no podcast on the face of this earth that can have such Nope, and that's why we're just going to end the show, because we got nowhere else to go after that. All right. (laughs) Hit it with the plug, John. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JT Evans. The I am a wonderful underscore radio. Thanks for listening, everybody. There's an ivory-covered homestead that I love With its wide old-fashioned chimney and a simple home like ours It's the land of my dear parents now above There's a peaceful cottage there and a happy homesome dare Parks been longing for a day by day Where I spent life's golden hours in the Vale of Shenandoah With the green fields of Virginia far away